Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. In the summer of 2021, UNICEF USA and Expedia Group and its family of brands, which includes Expedia, Hotels.com, Verbo, Orbitz, and a few others, partnered with a shared goal to accelerate the equitable rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. At the time, less than 1% of the global supply of COVID vaccines was going to those living in low-income countries. Give the World a Shot, as the campaign was aptly named, achieved incredible success, and was crowned the gold winner in the consumer-activated corporate donation category of our Halo Awards program. The initiative also took home the coveted title Best of the Best, and you'll learn more about what that means soon. In today's episode, you're going to get an inside look at the campaign from Laura Ramsey, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships at UNICEF USA, and Teresa Hillis, Manager of Global and Community Impact at Expedia Group. The partners had four main objectives. One, raise funds to bolster UNICEF's critical work to end the pandemic. Two, welcome travelers back to discover the world while offering them an opportunity to give back. Three, raise awareness of the partners' important work to end the pandemic. And four, demonstrate the need for everyone to come together to support global vaccine equity. In recognition of the scale of the world's largest ever vaccination program, Expedia Group committed to donating at least $10 million and enlisted the support of its brands and customers. So from August 5th to September 5th, each booking made via one of Expedia Group's mobile apps resulted in a $2 donation by Expedia Group to UNICEF's COVID-19 response. At the end of the campaign, the partners raised more than $10.5 million, enabled the delivery of 5 million vaccines, and achieved more than 15 million impressions on Expedia Group's social media platforms. The CEOs of both organizations were also featured on CNN, which has almost a million primetime viewers. And for earned media, they saw 516 media hits, which equates to a potential reach of 651 million. To dive into today's episode, I'm going to invite Molly Ray to join us. Molly is president and founder of Four Momentum, a cause marketing agency and the sponsor of the Best of the Best Award. We'll start off by talking about what makes for a best in class campaign, why this particular campaign won, and we'll set the stage for the conversation we'll have with today's guests, who again are Laura Ramsey, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships at UNICEF USA, and Teresa Hillis, Manager of Global and Community Impact at Expedia Group. And with that, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Four Momentum. Hi, Molly, and welcome back to the show. Oh, hey, Allie. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you back on the show and to talk about this incredible partnership. But before we get into any of that, for our listeners who aren't familiar, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what Four Momentum does? Sure. Well, I am Molly Ray, and I am founder of Four Momentum, and we're a social impact agency that I started actually 19 years ago, which is wow. hard to imagine. Time flies and you're having fun. Right? Yes. Um. But just to go back to that time frame, you know, I was coming to this with a professional background of it was a mix really of advertising and nonprofit development and corporate marketing. And so mm-hmm. I really kind of understood those three dynamics and I really saw a gap in the alliance's marketplace and I established for momentum to address it because at the time I was leading the alliance work for a national nonprofit organization. And, you know, what we had about 45 partners and it was one of those inverse of the 80-20 rule okay. where about 20% of our corporate partners really actively engaged with us, right? Mm-hmm. So 20% were super involved, really engaged. And the other 80% just kind of wrote us a check and that was the extent of the relationship. So certainly we appreciated the check. Don't get right. me wrong. Money's still important. And? It's very important, very important. But what we what we realized and what I realized, I guess, was just there was just such a tremendous difference with that 20% that truly activated. And when we really were working and sharing openly and planning around our goals and their goals, magic happened. And it was just really, magic. really magic. 
So I decided that I was going to start an agency that was focused on helping to develop these really mutually beneficial, both activating, you know, equal partnership kind of um, goals in mind. And so that's how Form Momentum was born. And 19 years later, you're still here. Yeah. And there's a lot that's going to happen in the next few years and beyond, I think. So let's yeah. transition a little bit into what we're talking about today. So what is the best of the best award and how is the winner selected? Yeah. So the best of the best Halo award is um, it's not based on a specific category or mission or anything like that. It's really chosen across all of the qualifying Halo applications. And what we're looking for in pulling out the best of the best is um, an initiative that demonstrates best practices in social impact engagement. So it's really about, you know, uh, a, a campaign that is well executed and planned, not just how many impressions or how many dollars are raised. Mm-hmm. Those are certainly important, but it's about having a multifaceted, impactful initiative. And it's chosen by the HALO judges, right? So you don't apply for that category. The judges convene, and as you are well aware, and I don't know if yes. the listeners are aware, but we start with 120 applications this past year as an example, and then it's narrowed down to the different categories, and it's across all of that content, all, all of those applications, all of those those um, submissions that the judges pick the best of the best based on best practices in partnership activation. So let's talk about some of those best practices. You've been in this space for quite a few years, as we've already heard, and you've done a lot of research. What makes for a best-in-class initiative? Yeah. So, you know, let me, I want to tell you just a little bit of background on this. So certainly in that base of experience, we've, you know, worked with over 100 clients over the years, and we have a school of hard knocks, master's degree (laughs) in in program execution, right? I love that. (laughs) But you know, I wanted to go beyond just that gut feeling and and what does Molly think? I wanted to mm-hmm. go beyond and deeper than that. So we actually fielded a piece of research um, designed to really uncover different factors of best in class campaigns. So we actually benchmarked over 50 award-winning cause partnership campaigns. We did a survey of the professionals that that launch and activate and support okay. those campaigns. And this was one of those where we actually, it was a select audience of past Halo Award winners mm-hmm. and really famous campaigns that we all know and admire in the marketplace. And they were hand-selected and invited to share their perspectives because we didn't want to know just any Anybody's. We wanted to know award-winning campaigns. And so we interviewed those executives through a survey and we asked them all kinds of questions that uncovered details related to these campaigns. So what are the campaign goals and who is involved in executing them? And what are the different timelines that you take? And, you know, who do you involve in decision-making? How involved is the nonprofit? How involved is the company? What sort of activations are you integrating? And we actually asked them all sorts of, you know, marketing activations and fundraising activations and other, you know, advocacy and education and, you know, other types of ways that these partnerships can be brought to life. So we really got into the nitty gritty to understand across this body of 50 campaigns, what things can we see in common, right? What are the common planning details? And so I, 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 I narrow it down into four key findings, right? So when Once we crunched all that data, the four things that make for a best-in-class campaign are authentic, long-term engagement. So there needs to be a great connection and it needs to be a long-term commitment. There is equal activation by both partners. There is multi-channel activation. So it's not a one-hit wonder. A best-in-class campaign- Using a variety of resources and activations. Variety of ways they're bringing this campaign to life. And last but most, it raises significant resources for the nonprofit. So it's it's not not just awareness-based. But there's an yeah. actual large sum of money that is going to do good. Because we need that money to generate the impact on the mission. Okay, so those are the four pieces that came out, that framework. And looking at the campaigns that won this year across all of the categories, there are a variety of them that could be considered best in class. 
So what made Give the World a Shot stand out to you and the rest of the Halo judges? Yeah, so it really stood out. And in fact, it was a unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody agreed and gave this the right thing. So going back to those four, those four factors. So authentic partnership. Well, the Give the World a Shot campaign called on travelers to help safely reopen the world one trip and one shot at a time. And so it, it really did a great job of marrying the objectives of Expedia of wanting to open back up the travel world and UNICEF with their global mission and footprint of really helping around the world. So there was a really great authentic partnership there. The second factor, which is equal partner activation, this campaign was actively and rigorously executed by both Expedia and UNICEF. And there were lots of examples of ways that they both were integrated. You know, the Halo application, for those of you who have not submitted an Halo, you have to outline the business goals for both partners. And so, you know, getting into the nitty gritty, I'm not going to do that here, but you could really see where the goals that were outlined were clear and they were achieved. And so that that is that's great. The multi-channel activation, the, you know, point number three of a best-in-class campaign, Boy, this campaign did a great job with that. There were really a very wide range of activations designed to generate both awareness and funds to impact the mission. So um, there were efforts that were targeted to Expedia customers and their employees, which is important, as well as the public at large, and a variety of activations through advertising as well as owned, paid, and earned media. So very multifaceted uh, to the multi-channel activation you know, goal. And then the significant dollars um, was definitely checked box, you know, double check. And they had um, surpassed their goal. They did surpass their goal. And this was, this happened to be a first year initiative. And through their effort of donating $2 for every reservation and um, as well as a variety of other activations, they raised over $10 million, $10.5 million. Yep. Um, and that is significant and it, it generated impact of over 5 million vaccines and on the awareness front, which is still important, you know, had the potential of reaching over 650 million. So it was a really, really significant campaign, which is a which is a best in class marker. How would you say the field has evolved over the years and what do you see as future trends for best in class efforts that may not have even been the case two years ago before the pandemic, because we know the world has changed a lot in that time frame. It's interesting that things have changed a lot, Allie, especially, you know, when I started doing this, it's 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 dramatic. But let's just talk about the changes in the last couple of years. And I think that I think that we see, you know, an acceleration of of change um, post pandemic. And really, I'd, I'd like to say post 2020, because there were so many things that happened in 2020, the pandemic, George Floyd, other things that really rocked the social impact landscape through the reverberation of what was happening in our in our marketplace. So we actually fielded a study with um, 65 corporate decision makers of partnerships. And so we just published these results this year. And um, it's it's a really recent snapshot of, of partnership dynamics. Um, and those dynamics, I think, are going to form those future trends that you asked about, right? So first mm-hmm. and foremost, um, there is a dramatic uh, rise in the recognition that cause partnerships are not just a nice thing to do, not just a nice to have. They the have requirements. Become, they, they have become an essential part of an effective business plan. And in fact, 88% of the respondents of our survey believe that being a purpose-driven company drives profits. So mm-hmm. that's going to be motivating and they're going to be more engaged. I see, I predict a growth, right? Yep. And leading into this, another statistic that I think foretells changes in this is that 97% of our respondents believe that being a purpose-driven company enhances employee morale. Okay. Yeah. So, and also just retention of employees, assuming you're doing this well, but also bringing in new employees, which is a big hot button issue right now, too. It is, especially with the great resignation and other things. And I really think cust- uh, employees, nah, 
let me back that up. I really believe that companies recognize that millennials and Gen Z, as an example, are both desirable customers and desirable employees, right? So they kind of get a double dip if they have uh, campaigns that that reach that prime target audience. Right. But when you're asking me, what have I seen change? This vocal focus on employees as a primary target audience is a significant mm-hmm. change. And so, um, and uh, I think that's going to really, I think that's really going to continue to drive change in these kind of partnerships. And in fact, 79% of our respondents identified employees as their primary target audience. Wow. So not just a target audience, but the primary target audience. And then the one thing that I don't think will change, the, the, the factor that we have seen alive and well for some time now is the importance of brand mission alignment. And we okay. talked about, we talked about it in the best in class as authentic partnership. And it shows up in this newer research as, you know, the importance of brand mission alignment, where a whopping 97% of our corporate respondents identified that as the number one key to success is brand mission alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that will remain crucial and it, the alignment has to be there, but then there has to also be results. And so 91% of the respondents said that impact towards the nonprofit mission mm-hmm. is their primary measure of success. So they want authentic alignment and they want it to make a real difference, not just, not just awareness, not just impressions, yes. but true mission impact. So I think that's, you know, a factor that will remain the same is, is, are those factors. I would agree with that. And I'm so excited to see, well, our world has a lot of challenges, especially as we all know right now, but I'm also really excited to see how this industry is going to continue to grow and kind of pave the way in different areas. But on that note, we could talk about that for hours. I think we've laid some really great groundwork for the episode. So shall we invite our guests to join us? Oh, yes, let's. Lauren, Teresa, and welcome to the podcast. Molly and I are really excited to have you both here. Thank you. So excited to be here. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start off with some introductions. Teresa, would you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Expedia Group? My name is Teresa Hillis, and I work on the global social impact and sustainability team at Expedia Group. And in my role, I get to oversee all of our community engagement work, which includes our disaster response strategy, impact giving, employee engagement and volunteerism, corporate matching program. Um, I formerly was part of the nonprofit sector. So I was about 15 years leading program development and fundraising in the nonprofit sector. And about a year and a half ago, made the jump to uh, the corporate sector. So yeah, at Expedia Group, we believe that travel is a force for good. And I get to come to work every day and think about how Expedia Group can make the world a better place. So honestly, it's kind of a dream job. It sounds pretty exciting to me. Laura, what about you? Who are you and what do you do at UNICEF USA? Hi, Ali. Um, well, from one dream job to another dream job, <laughs> <laughs> I work in, in the corporate partnerships team at UNICEF USA, and our mission is to relentlessly pursue a more equitable world for every child. And UNICEF USA does that through rallying the American public, civil society organizations, companies to support the world's most vulnerable children. It's my dream job after um, having an experience, I guess, when I was back in my 20s working in Ghana. And from there, I knew that I wanted to work in this in this sector but also wanted to work in uh, with companies to help realize their corporate social responsibility goals. Uh, And so I get to do that every day with a variety of companies in sectors ranging from luxury uh, right through to travel and tourism and manufacturing. And I would be remiss of me to not mention that I also lead an amazing team of partnership managers who also do the same as well. Uh, So again, a dream job for me too. All right, Teresa, I've told our listeners a little bit about the campaign, but before we dive into specifics, can you share a brief overview of the initiative in your own words? 
placed herself in July 2021 and our company, we're a travel company, clearly, and we were hit hard by COVID-19 and the pandemic. And so we were coming off of about a year and a half of pausing all of our giving programs in an effort to maintain our business. And, you know, we were starting to experience um, some of travel returning at that time. And our leadership came to our team and made a suggestion that we kick off the return to giving with uh, a huge campaign that we ended up calling the Give the World a Shot campaign and thinking through how we as a travel company could give back around vaccine equity and could make a difference in the world by getting shots into arms. And so behind the scenes, this was a pretty quick endeavor. Our leadership team decided to move forward with this. And because of the nature of the humanitarian crises, we wanted to move really quickly. And so we um, knew that we wanted to give to a partner with the COVAX Global Vaccine Equity Campaign run out of the World Health Organization. And we wanted a partner who we knew was experienced with cause marketing. I will say this is the first time Expedia Group had ever done cause marketing. We decided to go big. Started with first. a bang. Oh my goodness. And so we knew we needed an experienced partner who could help lead this with infrastructure, capacity, skills, know-how. And we absolutely found that in UNICEF as as our uh, partner, you know, we're incredibly proud of this month-long campaign because it brought in over $10 million. We donated $2 for every transaction on our app-based platforms. And that equaled 5 million doses of vaccine that were able, that UNICEF was able to distribute uh, globally in communities that needed it most. Excellent. Yeah. So that that's wonderful, Teresa. And Laura, I'd like to hear a little bit from your perspective. This was the single largest and most rapid global vaccine deployment, I think, ever is what I read. So congratulations. That's obviously a huge feat. Uh, Teresa just shared that this planning cycle was pretty quick, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on the planning cycle and how you got started with that and what made you two such great organizations to work together. Thanks, Molly, for that great question. Yeah, if you cast your mind back to March 2020, um, we were all feeling, um, you know, very uncertain about the world and we knew that we had to do something. So initially, UNICEF's role really was to think about how do we protect children, mothers from this deadly disease that we didn't know much about. So initially, UNICEF's focus was really around hand-washing efforts, uh, communication around healthy, safe practices, and then, of course, ensuring that children could continue their education. But as, as early as April 2020, the World Health Organization approached UNICEF as part of the ACTA Access to COVID-19 Tools Accelerator uh, to support this fastest uh, coordinated global effort to fight the disease. At that point, we knew that vaccines were going to be very important to ameliorating the impacts of this pandemic. And so UNICEF joined the Alliance because of our vaccine and diagnostic procurement expertise, and also because of our influence with governments, 190 countries around the world, also our reputation at the community level as well. So we work alongside uh, community health workers, nurses, doctors in all of these remote places in the world. We're the single uh, largest procurer of vaccines on the planet, and we immunize nearly half the world's children every year. So in terms of UNICEF's role, it was clear that we would be the right partner to be able to reach those lower income and middle income countries. Um, and then I'm really pleased that Theresa mentioned just in terms of our capabilities um, in the area that I work in, in terms of global cause marketing campaigns. And so because of our 75 year history, we have formed long lasting partnerships with uh, companies that span from 10 to 25 years. So we do have very robust processes 
systems and expertise really in cause marketing. So I'm really pleased that Teresa mentioned that. And she also mentioned it was the first time that Expedia would be doing a cause marketing campaign. So hopefully there'll, there'll be more in the future. And what made Expedia, how, how did you two start working together in the first place? Where did that relationship begin? We were introduced um, through contacts over at the WHO and, and COVAX okay. and um, really excited to be introduced to UNICEF as a sort of world leader in administering vaccines and also, you know, a leader in being able to execute on this type of campaign. Okay, so taking a little bit of a shift, it's my understanding that Give the World a Shot was the first cross-branded marketing campaign that you did with Expedia's family of brands. How did you achieve that level of collaboration internally? That sounds like a massive undertaking. It was a massive undertaking. Um, yeah, our company, Expedia Group, includes a number of different brands. Expedia, of course, Hotels.com, Verbo, Orbit, Travelocity, a few others. And this was the first time that we were beginning to execute on our strategy as a company to kind of bring the brands together for a marketing campaign that would go across all of our brands. And um, our our relatively new CEO at that time, Peter Kern, was really pushing the company to go in this direction. And of course, our team was thrilled that the first time that we executed on this as a company was for a social impact initiative. And I think it speaks to Expedia Group's values too, that mm -hmm. we decided to do this for the first time around something that we really care about and that we think makes a difference in the world and drives our mission of travel as a force for good. And so, yeah, it, it took a lot of um, coordination across all the brands and departments at Expedia Group. And we were really lucky to have um, not just our team working on this, but folks from our, our brand teams, product teams, marketing, coordinating um, across all of that with, with project management and sort of central coordination across all the different markets that we work in as well. You know, we have done some recent studies of, you know, best in class partnership activations and social media is certainly one of those top measures of success. This campaign achieved beautifully in that arena. Um, I think I read it exceeded 15 million. So that's incredible. Can you talk to us about how you worked with your social media teams to plan for the campaign communications and to reach that level of, of engagement? Absolutely. And I'd love for Laura to be able to comment on this too, which I think is a testament to the partnership that we have that that was happening between internally between our social impact team and of course the, the social media teams and the branding side of the house here. But it was also happening between Laura and her colleagues at UNICEF and our social impact and brand teams on our side. So this wasn't, you know, just Laura and our team speaking to each other and then passing things down. We actually had collaboration across our company and across UNICEF, which I think was really, uh, you know, an incredible way to work. And the only way at that time that we were going to be able to work as quickly as we did to be able to make this happen and execute on it. But yeah, there was a lot of coordination across all of our brands on, you know, media, PR, TV, online, digital. And the idea was that, you know, no one could escape this campaign when it was launched. And so um, I think our big kudos to our, our brand team who really put all of their creative energies behind this and were able to make it unique to each of our brands so that it felt like it resonated with the customers and travelers who um, book on each of those sites. But it also had a look and feel that sort of made it a cohesive campaign across all of our brands, which again, was something that, that we haven't done before and was really exciting to see come together. Laura, would you want to add anything from your end? I know you were a deep part of this as well. Yes. No, casting my mind back. I think one of the most useful pieces of information that Expedia shared with us at the beginning was really the countries, um, 15 to 20 countries that you would really want to lean in on this communications campaign that were important to the brands which actually meant that we were able to coordinate with our 15 to 20 offices globally to let them know about the campaign, 
provide a toolkit of assets, key messages, content, also to be able to provide with them a heads up on what the campaign was going to look like. Obviously, it was strictly embargoed, but that just really helps as well because, you know, of course, our offices are also running their own campaigns as well. Um, And then also then to request that those offices were able to then reshare or communicate on their own channels, which then helped to uh, garner additional uh, media pressions. And also, I think important point to mention as well is to legitimize campaigns. Public were seeing the Expedia brand and talking about this partnership. But, you know, it means that people can actually go and then check on the UNICEF website to confirm that campaign is legitimate. So it was really helpful to be able to do it. We did have crunch timelines, as Teresa mentioned. But again, by having that critical piece of information at the start meant that we could go fast and work smartly. Um, on the social media side, one of the exciting parts of this campaign, which I think really built on the impact of the actual financial contribution that we gave was that our CEO, Peter Kern, was um, in the process of publicly launching his LinkedIn profile. And so we were able to use that moment as a moment to get some additional coverage for this campaign. And his first post on LinkedIn was actually a call to action for other corporate leaders to step up and be a part of this push for vaccine equity. And um, he posted a couple of different times about this on LinkedIn, but he has, I think, close to 6,000 followers now on LinkedIn. And at the time, it was a great way for him to be able to talk about our values as a company and gain attention for this issue. So not just us doing this as a company, but trying to bring other companies along with us in the importance of of vaccine equity for return to travel, but return to business and, and it's just, just the right thing to do. Return to everything. Okay. I want to come back to this leadership piece because leadership buy-in is so crucial for the success of campaigns. But before we get there, Laura, can you tell us a little bit more about the earned media strategy for this campaign? Yeah, sure. As Therese was saying, uh, Peter's passion for this really shone through. And I think at the time we felt that we needed to continue the inertia around vaccine equity. You know, if you cast your mind back, we were in the US, vaccination rates were increasing, people were starting to do their summer traveling. So we really wanted to make sure that it's still on the agenda of the business community um, and to convey that message that really we are only as safe as our weakest healthcare systems. And not only does this make sense from a perspective of the rights of individuals to be able to access those vaccines, but also as the smart business sense. And so with that message, with the data that UNICEF was able to provide, and then of course, the voice of both Peter Kern and Michael Ninehouse, our president and CEO, Uh, We were able to be able to secure, uh, you know, TV interview on CNN, for example, which we were really pleased to be able to actually reach a mass market and business publications as well. Becoming so much more important um, to engage employees in our in our robust social impact partnership strategies. And Teresa, you were mentioning in your introductory remarks that that's an area of responsibility for you. So clearly, the employee um, integration was an important part of uh, the success. Can you tell us a little bit more about that part of the campaign? Yeah, at Expedia, our employees are really like at the heart and soul of, of who we are as a company, and so. This campaign came at a really fun and unique time as well, because we were also coming off of about a year and a half of our corporate matching program being paused. And so we were thinking around that same time about how we would be able to reactivate that, what that would look like. And Expedia offers a a one-to-one match all year long, up to $10,000 for our employees. And we decided to bring that program back in September of 2021. So we sort of viewed it as a a phase two of the Give the World a Shot campaign, where, of course, our employees were involved with launching the program in in their day jobs and very supportive of it. And then starting on September 1st of that year, we were able to open it up uh, and encourage our employees to continue to support UNICEF. They have supported UNICEF very strongly over the years and to give specifically toward this Give the World a Shot campaign. 
and Expedia Group was able to match that one-to-one. So that's something that um, we were really proud to be able to give our oppor- the opportunity for our employees to come alongside the company and give back. And over the years, between uh, our match and our employee giving, we've donated nearly $300,000 to UNICEF through our corporate match campaign, including um, this year with the response around Ukrainian refugees. So yeah, UNICEF holds a special place in the in the hearts of many of our employees as well. Okay, I want to transition back to lead. Everything is so intertwined. I love how you have a phase two, and I'm guessing leadership support is continuing. But can you tell us a little bit more? Maybe Laura, can you you'll start with this one? How did your respective leadership teams support the initiative? We've talked about CNN, we've talked about LinkedIn, but can you give us just a little bit more color there, and maybe any advice that you would have to others that want to bring their leadership team in to do more of this work? It's a great question. I think your audience would also be particularly interested in knowing about all the internal workings as well. Right. So, um, again, mentioning sort of the aggressive timelines, uh, we still follow our processes. So it's still important to UNICEF that we perform due diligence on all companies and campaigns that we're going to work on. So, um, you know, and that's what ensures that we have a positive brand reputation. We continue to have a positive brand reputation. So one of the things is really about accelerating timelines. We have our processes, but we need to do something. We need to do it fast. So how can we prioritize specific initiatives? How can we uh, accelerate those, catalyze those Um, How can we bring in legal support, right? So during that time, it's really practically what's the budget to bring in legal support because we want to form a contract with a great corporate partner like Expedia and do this great campaign. So maybe that provides a bit of color is to always think about that. I think, you know, being an emergency response humanitarian organization, uh, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared for climate disasters. We have to be prepared for those moments like earthquakes. And I think that helped us in this situation to be able to accelerate those specific timelines. Um, I would also say as well, it's not just the leaders, it's also those program experts and colleagues that are actually doing the work. And they're very busy. And of course, our corporate partners are really sensitive to the fact that they are doing the work that is fueling exactly what, you know, employees who are giving want to do. But equally, there are sometimes moments where we need to bring in those voices from the field. Um, And we were able to do that with Expedia through a webinar. And individuals also had the opportunity to ask those specific questions. Um, We like to term those people that work in the field are badass do-gooders. They work day in, day out um, to support and protect the rights of children and just be able to have a, you know, question and answer session um, with those people is something that I've experienced as really helping to motivate um, to, you know, ensure that they're motivating for the future, but also knowing that their money is going somewhere, right. And it's doing, doing the work that they hope it's doing. I think to add on to that too, I mean, we really appreciated the employee webinar that was led by UNICEF because, you know, while our team has backgrounds in, you know, international development and, um, all CSR topics, the, the average employee at Expedia Group maybe doesn't know a lot about vaccine equity or maybe is passionate about it and knows about it from their personal life and, and wants to learn more about it. And so being able to bring in that expertise from UNICEF and giving the opportunity to our employees to really dive deeper on this topic and, and learn more about the importance of vaccine equity and also how it impacts our industry and you know why we are really passionate about it here at Expedia Group, because as Laura mentioned earlier, we really are only as safe as our weakest healthcare systems. And so strengthening those healthcare systems is going to have a positive impact on the world and also on our industry. 
So I don't know about you, Allie, but it's becoming more and more clear to me all the time why this campaign won the best of the best. Um, It's pretty impressive. (laughs) It's pretty clear. Um, So I I, I think I want to I want to ask one more question and kind of close out this part about all the different, um, you know, elements of the campaign. And one of the things that we know is that the research shows that some of the top measures for success of partnerships from the corporate point of view are impacting the nonprofit's mission. 91% of, of our corporate respondents say that that's the number one success factor and success stories that demonstrate that impact. So um, I'd like to know, Laura, from you a little bit more about how UNICEF works to share and unpack the success stories with your corporate partner in this case. And, and in general, maybe and this is another one of those kind of look under the hood moments for our listeners, because I think this is something we all sort of struggle with. So how do you how do you pull that off? Yeah, it's a great point, Molly. I think over the last three to five years, the relationship between the co- corporate partnerships team at UNICEF USA and the marketing communications team at UNICEF USA has got stronger and stronger. And we're actually in a lucky enough position as corporate partnerships managers to have a strategic marketing focal point on our team um, because we know exactly how important it is to be able to convey that impact. So when we're forming partnerships, no matter the campaign, subject, issue, or corporate partner, we'll always look at it about what is our communications goal, who's our audience, what is the message we want to convey, and what do we want them to do as a result. And I think, um, you know, we also have learned a lot from our marketing colleagues about the different types of people that are out there, you know, in terms of, for example, some people may respond better to data and numbers, billions of vaccines, that's our goal, but maybe that's just too big to resonate with that specific audience. And so with the wonderful data that UNICEF is able to provide, we were able to calculate that the cost of transporting and delivering a single vaccine dose equated to around $2 at the time, which then means we were able to say, well, with the funding raised through the Give the World a Shot campaign, that's kind of equivalent to delivering more than 5 million COVID-19 vaccines across the world. So for there, you see the micro level, what can I do as an individual with my $2 or that kind of dollar donation? And then also you can see the scale and how that masses up, which I think is really important for customer fundraising campaigns and cause marketing campaigns specifically when you are talking about maybe a smaller percentage dollar donation as opposed to, you know, strategic uh, large scale impact grants as well. Um, The other thing just to mention as well is then on the other side, in terms of emotions and empathy, maybe the audience responds better to actually putting themselves in the shoes of someone who's going through this. And we are lucky enough to have, of course, our program colleagues, 13,000 pairs of boots, you know, globally, worldwide, who are able to um, source great content for us. We have a fantastic digital asset management system at UNICEF. We're able to get photos, videos, quotes. And then sometimes we are able to work with, you know, our marketing communications colleagues to actually go to the programs themselves and collect amazing content, B-roll to support any communications approach afterwards. We did for this particular uh, initiative as part of our work on COVAX, work with an Oscar-winning director, Ben Proudford, uh, who developed a documentary, If You Have. And in that, there's an amazing story from a grandmother in Ghana who um, has really been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and really equates her experience to that of an American mother. She says that herself. I am no different to that mother in America. I want access to this vaccine to keep my family and my community safe. So it's with tools like that that we're able to follow up after our campaign to show that there is impact on the ground as well. Yeah, clearly you've put systems into place well before this particular initiative to really help you gather that data. So 
I know that's a great insight and tidbit that hopefully the listeners can can um, adopt for themselves. So um, to close out this discussion, let's let's stay on the listener focus just for a minute. And Teresa, I'd like to start with you and ask you for one final piece of advice to the cause practitioners that are listening to today's episode with regard to, you know, what is your best piece of advice for successful partnership? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I think I would talk about the fact that oftentimes, most of the time, maybe dare I say all of the time, you're sort of building the ship as you go with these type of campaigns. And especially when it comes to responding to humanitarian crises and natural disasters, where time is of the essence. And it's really incredibly important to be able to um, roll something out quickly and and efficiently. It's incredibly important as you're building the ship as you go to assume the best with your partners and to um, make sure that you're kind of having grace and, you know, positivity in the process. And then I would also say as a, as a CSR professional and as the partner who is on the side of, of the corporation, I, I think of it as my job to make sure that the ship that we're building is always sort of being guided toward the North Star, which for us is impact. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's incredible to get um, views on social media and to have downloads of of our app as a company and to get um, a lot of impressions and interviews and whatnot, because that does further this cause, absolutely. But keeping our eye on that prize of, okay, how is this going to have a positive impact in the world? How is this going to get as many shots in arms as possible and and really truly make a difference toward vaccine equity? And so I see that as, as part of my job in these partnerships is on my side, making sure that we really are guiding that shift responsibly and making sure that our North Star is impact. And um, I, I'm always looking for partners that can help help us stay on that track. And I certainly found that our, our company certainly found that with our partnership with UNICEF. I think from my perspective, relationships are key and really shows why you need partnership managers to manage these nonprofit and corporate engagements. I think also as part of that relationship, you want to get to a point of trust very, very quickly. And why why I say that is that it helps us to all understand the goals and objectives that each party is bringing to the table in that partnership. And from that point then, it means that when you're discussing, you know, what's the launch date? Can we say this? How can we term this? It really makes it so much easier to be able to say, you know, this is not going to work for us from the corporate side, or this is not going to work for us from the nonprofit side. So I think getting to that sense of trust, transparency, and really building a relationship with your partners is absolutely key for these types of programs. And if I had to put you on the spot a little bit, how would you suggest that people do that? Is that something that kind of happened organically over time? Or were there specific things that you did that helped build trust quickly? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it's um, being transparent as part of the contracting process. I think that's a really important part of explaining typically how we would partner on these types of campaigns. Um, So, for example, I think it's really important to mention to cause practitioners that, you know, in this type of campaign, we do have a minimum amount of funds that we want to raise as a result of this. And it was amazing that Expedia acknowledged the fact that we were trying to have great impact. So great impact is achieved through a large amount of money. And so, you know, Expedia came to us with their numbers. And so that was really important part, um, you know, in terms of engaging. And then I think also, you know, case studies, we share in case studies and through that process of sharing case studies, we explain exactly how we like to form relationships and partnerships. So I think that was helpful for the Expedia side as well. So they were able to ask specific questions 
and then explain to us what might not work from 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 their perspective. So through that process, we were able to come to a you know quite quickly to come to an arrangement. Um, and then I also just think going back to what Teresa says, if you have people in the social impact teams who really passionately care about the cause and really passionately care about the impact. At the end of the day, that's both what we want. We want to make sure that we're going to see those vaccines going into the arms of mothers or vulnerable people overseas. That's what we were there to do. And it means that those long nights, early mornings working you know, across time zones make it all worth it. I just, I think that I, I have to respond. This is Teresa. I mean, I just have to respond to that too, because I think, you know, your team really exemplified that sort of transparency from the beginning. And it's also a value of our team. I mean, I think I came from the nonprofit sector and, you know, you can't, you, you have to acknowledge the power dynamics in some of these conversations as well. And that, you know, there's one one group that has money or resources or what whatever, and another group that would like to have access to that. And I think, you know, for us as a team, we really value setting the table with transparency as the funder so that there, there, that opens up the conversation to be able to, to move in that direction. So I just wanted to, to add that too. I love it. And I love how that transparency and also just the amount of collaboration started before kind of contract phase, through contract phase, and then all the way through your campaigns, whether it was each of you working with your different teams and offices, or in your case, different brands, Teresa, but also the way that you both work together. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. If people want to learn more about Expedia Group, Teresa, where can they do that? Yeah, they can learn more about us at our various brand websites or at expediagroup.com. And Laura, what about UNICEF and UNICEF USA? You can go to unicefusa.org. And if you'd like to learn more about our campaign to the end of the pandemic to www.unicefusa.org forward slash end the pandemic. Wonderful. And then Molly, you have a wealth of knowledge and resources as well. Where can people learn more about you and Four Momentum? Well, you can find all the data that I've talked about today throughout the, the discussion, as well as other resources in our cause library on our main website. That's fourmomentum.com, spelled F-O-R, momentum.com. Wonderful. Well, all three of you, Molly, Teresa, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I think listeners are going to get a tremendous amount out of this episode. And we will include all of those links that you just shared in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Foyer, featuring Musaka and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.